worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, welcome to the Crack House Chronicles True Crime Podcast. Mm. I am Donnie, and with me is a man who just started a band, and it's called Employees Must Wash Hands. They have posters everywhere. It's Dale. <laughs> That's right, man. We got them everywhere. Yeah, and all in your local bathrooms. <laughs> That's right. Soap up good. That's it. <laughs> Count to 20, ABCs, all that shit. Wash your hands. Wash them. Wash them good. What's going on, dude? Oh, man. I just got back from Vegas. Just flew in, and boy, my arm's tired. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man, yeah. No, really, we did. We, uh... Me and uh, me and the wife been out to Vegas for about a week and uh, just flew in this morning. So, man, we had a great time. Yeah, you're on uh, Vegas time right now. Yeah, I'm trying to get back together. It's kind of crazy. You fly out there, you get back, you get out there like an hour after you leave, and you leave to come home. And we left. We our flight was at midnight. We got home at seven a.m. Yeah, you lose a lot of time. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but man, it was good. We had a really good time. Yep. Yeah, that's it. And we're gonna forego the shout outs this week we have got an interview going on but we want to remind everybody to check out the store page yeah man get you a t-shirt or do something cool that's right get you some cool stuff yep the lights are getting dim so somebody needs to order something <laughs> pump it up man pump it up and go to apple podcast and rate and review yeah write something in the box yeah and if you find a uh, random uh, crack house chronicle sticker in las vegas take a picture with it and i will send you a free shirt man myself that sounds like a deal. Because <laughs> Dale stuck them everywhere. <laughs> there are definitely some there. And we got some new stickers in the crack house this week. Dude, these are killer, too. They are awesome. So we're going to start passing those out and get them out and let yeah. you guys display them on whatever you stick them to. Yeah, stick them on your stickery. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I got one on the beer fridge right behind me right here in the crack house. Yeah, it looks good, too. It does. Man. With uh, Along with the Area 51 magnet I brought you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. <laughs> All right, dude, we are going to get into this episode. Okay, it's going to be a good one, I think. And today we have our good friend, Laura Rist, back on the show. Yes. Yep. She has graciously decided to, well, she didn't decide, she agreed yeah. and wanted to be back on the show to discuss uh, a case. Uh, actually, actually, it's a missing little boy Yeah, from Jefferson City, Tennessee. Yeah, I really, uh, really dig in this partnership we have with her. Yeah. She is become an awesome friend of the show. Yes. But today we are going to be discussing David Clayton Warner, who went missing in 1983, like we said, in Jefferson City, Tennessee. Right. Laura, welcome to the show. Hi. We're glad to have you back on the show. Yes, we are. That's great. I should tell you, folks, uh, my name is actually pronounced Risty. It's a Norwegian name. Risty. Well, I've all, all I've heard is wrist. So no, it's wristy. You say the e on the end. I'm from uh, Norwegian uh, Norwegian heritage, and 
nine people out of ten don't know how to pronounce the name. So. I think I heard I think I heard Tim and Lance call you Laura Wrist when you did an interview with yes, those guys. They, yes, they did. Yeah, I, I answer to both. I answer to a lot of things, actually. <laughs> yeah, don't don't we all? <laughs> it, it is Laura Wristy, yes. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're the uh, coffee late for dinner. <laughs> Yeah, call you for dinner, call you whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's right. Well, we're today we have Laura Rist on the show again, Dale, and it's, uh, Risty, sir, and uh, we are talking about <laughs> David Clayton Warner. Yeah, and he went missing. He's a twelve-year-old that went missing in Jefferson City, Tennessee. Laura, that's right? Yeah. He went missing on March the second of nineteen eighty-three. Right, Laura. Right. Can, can you tell us a little bit of background on David Warner? I think it, people called him Little David or just David. Yes, they did. Uh, um, David uh, David Warner. He was born in uh, 1971, and his mother was quite young when he was born. I think she was maybe 15 or 16. So David's uh, grandmother stepped in and raised him, but his mother was very much. Uh, a part of his life, um, and David came from like a large extended family, so there were a lot of uh, a lot of aunts and uh, uncles and cousins that were willing to uh, jump in and help with his uh, upbringing, because his grandmother did work. She had a job in a hosiery mill. Hmm. Uh, David was born with epilepsy, and in the 1970s, you know, epilepsy was still something that uh, the medical profession was learning about every day. Yep. Um, David spent a lot of time in the hospital when he was uh, a young guy um, while they were trying to get uh, him treated for these seizures and, and so on. Um, the, the medicine that he took for his seizures actually rotted his teeth. Um, so that was another, another issue they were having. Um, because David was in the hospital while they were trying to get his epilepsy sorted out, he missed a lot of school. Uh, so he was 12 years old and he was in the fourth grade when he went missing. Okay. Um, he wasn't smart enough, a smart enough boy, uh, but it was believed like the confines of the classroom were a little, little hard for him. Like it was hard for him to learn in a classroom setting. But he was a smart boy, and actually the day that he disappeared, he had brought his report card uh, home from school, and he had an A in uh, physical education, and he was really excited. Oh, I bet so. So that day he came home with an A on the report card. He was supposed to go to a church function there near his home. Yes, that's right. Um, He was going to go to a church function. It was just a small independent church. But from what I understand, David did go to the church, and he did go in and just decided not to stay. He Hmm. turned around and left the church. Uh, He was sighted at a brother's restaurant. It was a hamburger chain that doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he got an A on his report card, he'd get a free hamburger and a drink from brothers. Kind of like when we were kids, if you had a good report card, you'd get a little pizza from Pizza Hut. Yeah. (laughs) So he had his uh, hamburger and drink, and then accounts differ. Some say that he went to a friend's house to watch television, and then left the friend's house and only had to walk 30 yards to his own house. 
Other accounts say that he left the Druthers restaurant and he just disappeared. Hmm. When his grandmother went in the next morning to wake David up for school, uh, she had noticed that he had arranged like the pillows and the bed coverings in a way that looked like he was sleeping in bed. But when she lifted the covers, David wasn't there. So how close was this restaurant and church to his house? It was right in the neighborhood. Uh, David was a very street-smart boy, and he knew Jefferson City inside out, upside down. He was a, a boy that occasionally got into mischief, but never anything that harmed anybody else, and, and nothing uh, nothing major where the police had to get involved. Right. Mm-hmm. But because his grandmother worked, he spent a lot of time just roaming around, so he knew the streets and, like I said, the town, like the back of his hand. And Jefferson City, I did some research, in the 1980 census, there was only about 5,500 people that lived in the town, so it was quite small. Right. Yeah. So he could walk to, to and, all these places. Yeah, okay. and, and he uh, also to the arcade and spent time in the arcade. It said that he could shoot pool and beat men twice his, uh, twice his age. Um, and he never knew a stranger. He was a very friendly boy, always talking to people. Um, he was always willing to help people carry groceries. People would pay him to go to the store and pick up things for them and bring them back. And his family believed because he was so friendly and was of the, the thought that, you know, everybody's my friend kind of thing, maybe that that was he disappeared. Somebody took advantage of that. Yeah, very possible. Why wasn't he checked on before the next morning do we know yeah that i'm not sure i looked back through newspaper articles and it doesn't really say i'm not sure if his grandmother was at work and there was nobody else in the house really looking out for david he was 12 years old at the time perhaps they thought he was okay to be on his on his own um I mean, the kid had been, they were fine to let him roam the streets and everything. Now, <clears> listeners <throat> got to understand, this is the 1980s. You yeah. know, things are a lot different now. Oh, yeah. But definitely. in the 1980s and, and prior to that, it really, if you didn't come home before the streetlights came on, really nobody got too excited. Um, that was kind of, you know, your cue where you had to go in the house was the light the street lights started coming on if you lived in the city of course i was a farm kid yeah um, but uh, that was your cue to come in the house right but yeah. because they seemed to let david roam roam through town maybe they just really weren't too concerned that anything was going to uh going to go wrong like i said the grandmother possibly was at work i don't know what shift she worked yeah, and that probably happened quite a bit. He would just come in, go to bed, and she would get him up the next morning for school. It was probably just a, a regular thing for them. Right. Well, one newspaper account said that he frequently, that the, the kid that he was, in some newspaper accounts, it said that he had gone to a friend's house to watch TV. Mm-hmm. And it, it was thought that, um, you know, he might have just spent the night over there because apparently he had done that before. Um, yeah. I mean, I would, I would have had to have had permission from my parents to do something like that, but perhaps it didn't raise any red flags. Um, 
Well, it kind of seems like he was a, a neighborhood kid, you know, everybody kind of pitching in, like you said. So yeah. maybe it's a little bit different for him, and it would, a lot would make sense, you know, that everybody kind of looks out after him, you know. Well, the, one of the police officers that was involved in the uh, in the search for David said that if he was in his cruiser just, you know, going around the neighborhood and checking, like if David was outside, he'd often come over and just talk to him and, and, uh, and chat with him, like, like I said, the kid didn't seem to know a stranger. He was very friendly, mm-hmm. um, and he, you know, kind of thought that everybody was his buddy. I just wonder if David was very trusting. Seems that way. He was very trusting. His um, his aunt and his grandmother said that that was probably something that somebody took advantage of. They said that uh, somebody could have easily easily gotten David in a car. Yeah even if he didn't really know them or, or whatever, you know, they might have said, oh, just get in or whatever, and he probably would have would have gotten in. What was the story on uh, David's biological father? Do we know? Well, there was a, a David's biological father he lived in Florida, and he, hadn't, he said that he hadn't seen David um, for about a year uh, before David went missing. Mm-hmm. And apparently that there was some some rumor going around that David had been sighted in Florida, and there was um, some issue with the Tennessee uh, Police Department being able to coordinate things with the Florida Police Department and check into this, and there was a three-month delay. Wow. In the time that this delay happened, the father had moved. They had trouble tracking him down and so on and so forth. Apparently, a kid that looked exactly like David had been spotted in Florida. And what, once the police finally got their ducks in a row, so to speak, and went down and checked this out, of course, nothing nothing came of it. But there was a rumor that the father, David's biological father, had taken him, had kidnapped him, and they could never suspect substantiate that they did track down david's biological father and he did allow them to come in and search his apartment but there was no sign of david hmm. that is so crazy yeah and really i'm not sure what exactly the father would have had to gain by taking david mm-hmm. necessarily um you know people got to have a motive for for something i i don't know that he was paying any kind of child support or anything like that if that was the motive to get out of paying it to go and steal the kid back if there was any animosity there um i mean he hadn't seen him for a year um so i'm not quite sure i i couldn't find out too much uh, about that fact what about david's mother she was 15 or 16 at the time uh where was she living at when david disappeared uh she was still in jefferson city and she was very much a part of uh, david's life he was well aware that she was his mother and uh his grandmother was raising him like that was never kept from him or or anything like that it was mainly just you know told to david well you know i was just i was just too young to look after you properly okay but she was very much a part of his life, and she was, of course, devastated when he when he went missing. Um, nothing that I could find um, said anything like where she would have uh, contributed to his disappearance, anything like that. Uh, I couldn't find anything to that. Uh, to that. 
Well, I'm sure she was looked into as well as the you know the grandmother and everybody else in his life. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I have another lady that I talked to, and she's a, a missing persons advocate, and she's from Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And she studied this case quite a, quite a bit. And she told me that there were rumors that um, David was, be, was, I'm not sure if he was doing this um, against his will, or if he was doing it voluntarily. I mean, the kid was 12 years old. He was, he was young. Mm-hmm. But um, she had told me that there was quite strong evidence that he was a drug mule. Hmm. So he, he was, yeah, he was carting drugs for, for someone. Wow. And she said that, um, you know, that was kind of why he made it look like... Um, he was in in bed or or whatever. So if uh, his grandmother or one of his aunts happened to look in his room, that they say, "Oh, David's just in just in bed," and he got into some kind of trouble uh, with with running drugs, and that's what led to his uh, his disappearance. Hmm, that's very very possibility. Pretty interesting there. Well, he was, like I said, a very streetwise kid. Like, right. people said that he was um, streetwise, like, far beyond his years. It was just learning in school he had a little bit of trouble with. And he likely had a learning disability. Um, possibly they, you know, the school system didn't know exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of kids that fell through the cracks back in those days because, uh, they couldn't quite pin down exactly what it was that was causing the, the issue with their learning, whether they were dyslexic or there was something else going on. Yeah. Yeah, there's no telling what was going on with his education back then. Right, yeah. And, even and I mean, he hung around pool halls and arcades. You know, he, he was all over the place in that, in that town. He knew everybody. He talked to everybody. You know, it, it's very very possible that that's what happened and he just didn't really really realize what he was getting himself into right he was a pretty big kid seemed like he was like five foot five even though he's only 12 yeah and it, his uh, family also said david did not look 12 right um, he looked he looked several years older than he actually was the only thing was you know he'd been held back in school so here here's this big you know kid who's just about a teenager and he's he's struggling still in the fourth grade. Right. But, you know, things things were a lot different back in those days. Once again, to tell your listeners, you know, the nineteen seventies and eighties, they're totally different. Mm-hmm. Now there were some sightings of David that day. He went missing. One, there were some neighbors. I think their name was Bob and Joyce. They had seen him heading for the church, and then there was uh, he was spot. I think spotted again near the corner of, um, I can't remember the name of the streets there, but I think it was Odell and, Sycam- yeah. Odell and Sycamore. Yeah, I think. like, he down to that church function, and he'd gone in and kind of looked around, and then he took off. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went down to Druthers and got his hamburger and drink with his report card. And then some sources say he was last seen on the corner outside the restaurant. But other sources say he went to a friend's house to watch TV, then left the friend's house to go 30 yards to his house and just never seemed to get there. Um, that is just so crazy. Are there any other 
rumors about David that you know of or theories? His um, one teacher had mentioned, and uh, this kind of got debunked, but one teacher of David's mentioned that uh, she had heard something that perhaps David had seen something that he shouldn't have, like a crime being committed or something like that. And maybe that was why he, he disappeared. But the police kind of put that at the bottom of the theory list. At the top of their theory list was, of course, David ran away, but he took nothing with him. Um, mm-hmm. There was nothing missing from his room. It was just the covers on his bed were kind of arranged like he was still sleeping there. Yeah. His uh, family wonders if, with David having epilepsy, if he didn't have a seizure and die, and whoever he was in company with um, freaked out, for lack of a better way to say it, um, and, and didn't know what to do, and maybe that's why he hasn't been found. Hmm. They suddenly had a body on their hands and had to get rid of it. Right. Yeah. Have you spoke with anybody from the family, David's grandmother or his mother? No, I haven't been able to track his mother down, and his grandmother passed away in 2007. Mm-hmm. He's got some aunts that are still active looking for, for him. I haven't uh, contacted them, no. So, But I have been in contact with Donna. Um, that's a, a lady that's uh, from Knoxville, and she's a, um, a missing person advocate. And she, she knew the family um, of, of David. Yeah. So, do you know anything about the scraps of clothing they seem to found in a septic tank? They found a, a, a what? Say again, sorry, a scrap of <clears throat> some uh, scraps of what seemed to be children's clothing. In no, a se- I hadn't heard about that. Well, I was reading on Reddit, and it was uh, someone saying that uh, this would be his uncle said that they had found okay. some. Uh, Stuff that seemed to be some scraps of children's clothing in this neighbor's septic tank. And this man who have lived to see, lived in the home during the time that David went missing. Uh, He was also known to be some kind of a uh, peeping Tom of sorts. Generally just a creepy guy. I'll have to uh, check that out. I did quickly read through that post um, that David's uncle had written. Right. He was actually born after David had, had disappeared. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I know when David went missing, he had a Pittsburgh Steelers sweatshirt on, jeans and, and tennis shoes. Right. And then he he did look several years older than, than he actually was. Yeah, I've looked at all of his photographs, and I mean, he was 12 at the time. I don't know, just looking at the photograph, it's just hard to tell if they're, if they look older than what they are. Yeah, according to his family, he did look several years older than he actually was. And I mean, you know, photographs are photographs. um, A lot of the photographs of David are the posed kind, like they take in the school photos. Yeah. Um, You look a lot different in candid photos, which, you know, you don't have a chance to pose for than you do in the posed ones. Mm -hmm. But I do know he had problems with his teeth because that medication that he had to take uh, for his epilepsy rotted his teeth. Um, as, as things kind of tended to do in those days. Yeah. Right. It just makes me wonder, you know, the whole talk about seeing a crime and 
you know, somebody wanting to do him in for seeing that crime and being, being able to be a witness. That, to me, seems more plausible than just a, a random act of kidnapping in a small town like that. Yeah, especially hanging out, like, at the pool hall and that kind of stuff. I'm sure they yeah, were well, going Yeah, like down. I had mentioned, too, and in, in Treddy's case as well, uh, Treddy Lynn Gibson's case, and then in 19, pre, like, 1985, if you were a young person and you went missing, that was the first thing everyone jumped to was they ran away. Um you know, you could trace your car. If someone stole your car, they could trace that across state lines. But if you lost your kid, you were up you-know-what creek because right. they, they couldn't do anything. Um, and they wanted everybody to wait for 48 to 72 hours before they even started looking. Um, that was the first conclusion that they always jumped to was, well, the kid just ran away. Yeah. Um, it was actually Noreen and uh, her husband, um, John Gosh Sr., when their son Johnny Gosh went missing from Iowa, the paper boy. Yeah. Uh, they were the ones that got a bill into Congress, and that changed all that. Whereas if your child was missing, you know, the authorities started looking for them right now. There was no more 72 hours, none of that. Much. Mm-hmm. But, David, there were 200 volunteers, um, and they, they searched everywhere in Jefferson City looking for him, and they didn't find a thing, except that possibility now where I have to go back and read that there were some children's clothing found in a septic tank. Right. That's a very good possibility. Yeah. Yeah, he could have saw something and um, somebody disposed of him. Very well, that's what, the, that's what the teacher had mentioned, and the police, I read an article that said the police kind of put that at the bottom of the, of the totem pole as far as theories go. Yeah. That he saw something and he, and he, was, um, he was eliminated for that. Yeah, I'd seen several things online, too, that his father, you know, the first big theory was that his father had something to do with his disappearance. Yeah, well, his father had the type of personality, and his father's gone now. He's he's deceased, but apparently his father had the kind of personality where he was the one that wanted to be in the spotlight kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's where it was kind of thought, well, maybe he snatched David or whatever, and then all of a sudden, you know, David's going to, oh, wow, hey, look, you know, I found David kind of thing or, or whatever. So that was kind of why he was a, a suspect. Hmm. But he's yeah he soon he's passed away though. Then there'll be no yeah he's gone and the grandmother is gone. Hmm. And nowhere to be uh, David's mother. I think her name was Barbara. Yeah. Nowhere yeah, to be found. Yeah, she's still alive as far as I can tell, and the aunts are still alive. The aunts are still looking for him. They're quite active in the uh, in the search for him. And I I think I sent you a link to that Facebook page. Find uh, David Clayton Warner. Yes, you did. Yeah, and the ants are the ones that run that. Okay. Yeah, and then they post usually a couple, three times a year, usually on his birthday, um, the anniversary of the disappearance, that that kind of thing. Yeah. But this is another case, um, as of about probably 12 years ago, there was absolutely nothing on this little boy um, anywhere. Um Anytime I tried to Google his name, well, it was quite funny. David Clayton Thomas would come up, the musician. <laughs> <laughs> but never never David Clayton uh, Warner. I first came across this 
case, I think I was seven or eight years old, and we used to get these pamphlets at school with bicycle safety and swimming safety and things just before the summer holidays. But uh, what I liked was the four or five pages in the back, and it was all missing children from uh, from Canada and the United States. Yeah. And that was how I came across David Clayton Warner's case. And I actually, because I couldn't find anything on it online, I, I thought it had been solved that he had been found. Hmm. Well, I'm glad there's some tension being brought to this case. Yes. Yeah, but it's on the Charlie Project now. It's on the Doe Network. Um, there's been a few um, in the Knoxville Journal, a few articles written about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, WBIR out of Knoxville did a, a little, with Leslie Ackerman, did a little uh, news clip about it, three or four minutes, where she was talking to David Zantz. Yeah, I think I saw that on YouTube. Yeah. 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 I just wonder, yeah. you know, if I reach out to the, the ants that run the Facebook page, if maybe we could do a follow-up with them, if they would be willing to to talk with us. That would be great. I, I did reach out to them when I, when I talked to you, and um, I just said, you know, that I'm a cold case researcher and writer, and, um, you know, I'd like to talk to you about... Uh, David, because there's going to be an upcoming episode mm-hmm. on a podcast um, about David's disappearance, but there was no reply. Really? Yeah. The hmm. person did read it. Um, they did read it. They just didn't reply to me. Hmm. Yeah, Dale was just, uh, he just turned his laptop around and showed me a picture of the septic tank in relationship to uh, David's house. Yeah, David's house. It's just like... Right well, how from, far how far away was it? Well, if you see David's house, and then there's the driveway which comes off the road to the left of the house. If you drove uh-huh. up the driveway another ten feet, the septic tank would have been about looks twenty yards. Uh, maybe not that far. It's in the next the next the house right beside of it, actually. Okay, and is this on the thread that's called "My Uncle Little David Clayton Warner"? <clears throat> yeah, but I kept I kept digging, and uh, they said here's a picture from that and it's an aerial okay. aerial shot it's a pretty big photo and you can see like the main blacktop road and there's a road that turns off of it and david's house looks like it's the second one on the left and the one where the septic tank would have been the one on the corner but the 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 area would be at the rear right of the house which would be almost next to the driveway where david's house is hmm. very close now these I'm just looking here because it's taken me over to Web Sleuth. Now. Yes, yes, yes. That's where we're going. Is the photo on Web Sleuth? Yes. Okay. Um, okay, I'm seeing Charlie Project. Find the missing dot org. Um, let me see here. Here's the Facebook page. It's Web Web Sleuths. Uh, let's see. The address is like forums, threads, Tennessee, David Warner, 1983, and it's a photo. But I don't know how I could send it to you quick where you could check it out. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through here. I'm on page one. I'm trying to see if it's on page or two or page three. Be interesting to know these clo- this clothing, like whose clothing it was. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what size was it? That kind of. Yeah, and it, there's no details on that. Yeah, I'm on page two here and don't see it. I'm going to try page three. Okay, is this it here? No, this can't be it. Somebody's singing. This definitely is not it. Um, 
one of those dumb pop-up things. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm on page three here, and I don't know what I'm reading here. It's just talking about some uh, John Doe's that were found, if they were ruled out or not. Yeah, I'm looking at the photograph. It looks like it's just, the house is just like right next door. Yeah. Okay. Where the, the clothing was found in the septic tank. Now, did they analyze these clothes, like I say, to find out, like, you know, what size they would have been, or... I haven't read the Reddit post. Dale is the one that pulled it up. Okay. I didn't see anything about that. Um, I think you said they were they were children's this, clothes. This says how recently. Uh, let's see. There has actually been some new info on this case. I do not know if it has been released to the public yet. There's a house right okay. next door to where they live. Okay, here it is. Yeah, I got the photo. Here. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah very close proximity here and it says septic tank where clothing was found okay saying this hmm. neighbor would been has been known for being a peeping tom or an all-around bad person in the neighborhood hmm. um, well i guess a, a septic tank would be a good place but yeah. uh i wonder how he got found out <laughs> right yeah <laughs> we're in there now it says we, we have images of the clothing found but unfortunately i do not have them on hand to link to this post so i don't know who we is here yeah that's uh that's interesting there i'll have to um there's someone here that says that they followed the case most of their lives um and hopefully if we can well, reach out to the family and on the facebook page and maybe they can tell us a little bit more about that clothing and right, um, really interesting yeah yeah Sometimes when I reach out to people, it's, you know, it's not that they're not interested or anything. They're just guarded a little bit because they don't know, you know, who this person is that's reaching out to them and if they're legit and, right. and, yeah. and go for it. Yeah, it's, it's hit or miss when you reach out to people. We've, we've run into that quite a bit. Yes. It is, too. Um, I get a lot of people that say that I'm not who I say I am. There's nothing about, uh, um, you know, being a... Uh, true crime researcher or, or writer on my Facebook page there's just a bunch of pictures of cats and things like that <laughs> and, uh, and jokes and, and, and whatnot. and I'm like well a person has to relax right yeah you have to be a person first that's for sure Heck yeah yeah that's that's right that's right so. but no that's um, that's really interesting I'm gonna uh, have to explore that septic tank issue a little bit further. Maybe find out who that neighbor was. Right. Yeah. That's something definitely to look in and who that peeping Tom guy is. Yeah. Or was. Yeah. yeah or was, yeah. yeah. Or um, go back through property records or something and find out who lived there in 1983. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But that's my thoughts on David. I, I think that he, um, because of his trusting nature, he just... Uh, met the wrong person and they took advantage of his of his trust um yeah yeah i, I tend to lead toward the theory that he saw something he shouldn't have seen and that somebody got rid of him yeah yeah, yeah. i'm not sure why exactly he arranged his uh, bed covers that way though that doesn't really uh i'm not really sure i guess just to make sure that uh you know his grandma booked in or whatever that she thought he was just sleeping and wouldn't get too uh too excited and send uh the calvary out looking for him right yeah i'm sure he's done that before then if he's she found him like that it, it's been done before yeah no, it, was, probably. It, it wasn't the first time yeah 
Yeah. Mm. I am glad they're fine. You, you know, he's finally getting some spotlight on his case because it's been something that um, a light hasn't been shown on it in a long, long time. Yeah. We'll get this out and uh, several thousand people will get to listen to it and maybe um, maybe yeah. get something done. Get some you answers. Know. Yes. You never know. Or more questions either. You know. No, that's right. You never know who's listening, and they might ha- might have the smallest shred of. Well, they think it's the smallest shred of information, but it you know it could actually uh, could actually so- end up solving this, and then his his family will just you know know once and for all right um, what happened because that's the not knowing that's the killer. Yeah, if anybody knows anything, they can contact Jefferson City Police or the the local county sheriff there in jefferson city or even they, yeah. they, they can kind of contact their local agency and they can get in touch with them or either one of us we'll be happy to pass it on yeah absolutely you. or so. any one of us we can lead them in the right direction as well definitely exactly but yeah if anybody knows anything about david clayton warner that went missing in jefferson city in 1983 please contact someone some kind of local authority or us or and we'll see if we can get something solved about this little boy's case. Yep, be great. Well, Laura, we really, really appreciate you being on our show. Oh yeah, definitely. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. <laughs> you have you have become a really good friend to the show. I can tell you that. Amen on that. Yes. Oh no, that's you're more than welcome, and it's um, great to know you, you fellows as well. And hopefully, we can get a be the light and shine on the dark in the dark to some of these cases. Absolutely. Well, Laura, all these people have been forgotten. Right. (laughs) Well, Laura, we really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. If uh, you need any more information, please reach out. We will do. Yes, yes. Thank you. All right. Good night. Good Good night. night. Bye bye. Bye bye. All right, Dale. Again, we want to thank Laura for being on the show. You know, Laura Risty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we learned what, how to pronounce her last name. That's really cool, though, really. Laura Risty. Yes. But really, we appreciate you being on the show and helping us with this case. Yes, we do. Thanks so much for coming on and uh, making this a, a good show. And we will have Laura back on the show in the near future again. Thank you. Yep. All right, Dale, we are going to get out of here. Let's roll, brother. We want everyone to be safe, be careful, and... Always be aware of your surroundings. Because the next episode could be about you. This is The Crack House Chronicles. Chronicles.